phantasm? Is it a nightmare? Phantasm. Is it an illusion? Phantasm. What the fuck is up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Phantasm Podcast. I am Corey Gore Christ. With me, as always, is the Doctor Vincent West. Good evening. <laughs> and today is a uh, very special day in the in the land of horror. And it is Friday the thirteenth. Fuck yeah. And what is the doctor prescribed this evening? Kids, we're gonna watch Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, which was at the time believed to be the final chapter. Yeah, they literally thought this was gonna be the last film. This was when they approached the studio heads and everything. The studio was not really, you know, they're just like, all right, and they this was supposed to be the film that kills Jason. Right. And it's Crispin Glover goodness. Crispin Glover is Corey fucking Feldman. amazing. Corey this. Feldman goodness. Corey Feldman is also fun in this movie. Now, who played uh, the Jason in this film? Jason in this film, because he just stopped doing conventions. Yeah, it wasn't Ted White. That was three it was Ted. It this was Ted? Ted. This is Ted. Okay. Well, we have to do a special one for this. We'll do a. a special. We're actually shout it out right now. This is our. Friday the 13th, farewell to Ted episode. And happy Friday the 13th to Mr. Ted White. I'm going to do that for you. It's awesome. It is awesome. Now, I actually uh, met Harry Medfordini that's responsible for the all the films, scores. Let's talk about that real quick. That was at the convention where yes, the Mad Monster you got party. the Savini. Yeah, I got the... Uh, <laughs> where he tried to ruin my blu-ray and uh slam it into a million pieces um harry medfordini <clears throat> super fucking nice i mean he's basically horrors uh john williams besides john carpenter and alan holdsworth you totally know? agree with that um just for doing the friday 13th films i mean he's done some other notable shit but uh you know friday of course is a claim to fame but uh you know the the basis for the you know the you know, it's supposed to be Jason in his, you know, uh, his mom's head from the first Friday, where he's saying, kill mom, you know. And uh, it's pretty interesting to hear his thoughts on, you know, making those scores for these films. It was pretty cool. Um, which is the only point in the convention I tolerated uh, Tom Savini talking, because it was just getting Harry to talk more. Right. <laughs> um but I actually, you know, I flattered him because I was like, you know, you're the John Williams of horror movies, save for John Carpenter, and, you know, uh, <coughs> I think you're a brilliant, brilliant mind, and I appreciate your scores. It really made the films what they were. It wouldn't have been the same without the, the score. It's, you know, Jason, Jason acts and thinks through the score itself because he's, you know, how do you get... Uh, 
a non-vocal character to speak or to you know through his actions. So the music fueled his actions really and made it actually scary and, and thrilling to watch. So uh, you know, I I talked to him for a, a great while and he, uh, of course, special makeup effects, Tom Savini. He did a good job with this. <laughs> he I mean, did. It was it was good. It's probably one of his best movies he did actually was for Joseph Zito that directed this. Um, he did the Prowler before this movie, which I like. Wow, it's kind of slow. But so I'm sure uh, Savini kind of brought him into this world too. And he also did fucking Missing in Action and fucking uh, <laughs> some Chuck Norris goodness. Invasion USA. Yeah, Chuck in it. <laughs> there you go. Um. So yeah, uh, he ended up, you know, signing me his autograph, and I was like, "How much do I owe you?" And he was like, "Just, just take it. It's yours." I was like, "Really? That's pretty incredible." And he was like, yeah, just, you know, don't worry about it. Thanks for, for showing your appreciation and for coming to see me. And I was like, funny. I was like, dude, I, I mean, I feel like I owe you something because, you know, you, you've given me so much because I love the Friday films and you're one of the main reasons why I love these films. And he was like, no, just, just don't worry about it. Just uh, promise me you'll, you'll come say hey to me next time I see you. And I was like, yeah, man, definitely. I was, you know, you're a. I don't remember what I told him. I said, you're a, you're a fine gentleman and a scholar. And he was like, oh, please. <laughs> there you go. This movie was released April 13th, 1984, so we're, we're just a month off. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, that's awesome. Uh, it, what year was it? Uh, April 13th, 1984. 84. <clears throat> oh, yeah, because they cranked these out every year. It was like 1980 on. It was like one, two, three, four. Scholars in fourth grade. Good night. <laughs> and there's an ecto right there. <clears throat> The Ecto old ambulance right there. It's pretty cool. Now this is when they, uh, they're they in the beginning of the film. We just started, of course. We always start these movies right when the I press record on, on here. And they're in the barn, and they're... Yeah, it's picking up right where three left off. Yeah, so they're finding the, the body of Jason with the axe, and, of course, when he's in the ambulance, he... Ends up escaping Michael Myers style and just gets the fuck out of that ambulance. So, uh, yeah, it starts out pretty fucking morbid. This is actually cool because this is the first time you see Jason, like, dead, and then they bring him back, you know. Here's um, you. Uh, this was also part of the string of films where Frank Mancuso Jr. was still producing them. Right. Uh, this film also grossed $32.9 million. Oh, these movies made. A ridiculous amount. And it, it only costs $2 million to make. <laughs> 2.6, if we're going to get technical. But. They had a little more money making this one, you know. The third one made them a good amount of money, too, because of the 3D shit. And, uh. You know, these films were rival, rivaling, like, Jaws at the time, were they not? As the summer films. Yeah. And then, of course. Well, I mean, you know, the. What I thought was cool was. Seeing the third one at the theater, the, the first one I saw at the theater <clears throat> was part two. And it's not like the, the 3D I, we have now. I, no, that's not true. Actually, I saw the first one at the drive-in. I saw the second one at the theater. The third one at the theater, I saw all these. All the Paramount ones I saw at the theater. Hmm. Um, I, th I think I've seen all of them at the theater. But That's crazy. Um, yeah, it's also just dated me. But anyway. <laughs> the only one I was old enough to see in theaters was Jason X. That's still cool. And I saw that on my brother's <laughs> birthday. <laughs> Because me and his friend Rodney really wanted to go see it, and we were at the mall in New York, and uh, Rodney was like, "I really want to see this movie," 
you want to go see it, Dave? And he was like, no, I don't want to see it. It looks dumb. And he's like, well, you want to go, Corey? I was like, yeah, I've been waiting for this movie for a long time. So me and him went and saw this movie while my brother was browsing the mall with my mom. So That's great. <laughs> me and him went and saw Jason X. Came out very uh, confused. And honestly, that was a really fun movie to see in theaters. Not because it was good. It was a really terrible movie. But, uh... You know, it was like Mystery Science Theater when we went and saw that. Because nobody was there. Nobody was in the theater with us. It was just me and him and maybe one or two other people. So, I didn't want to waste my popcorn throwing it at the screen. We were just laughing the whole time. You know, because it was so... So stupid. <clears throat> of course, in that scene, there was a lady hugging another one that looked like <laughs> Betsy Palmer in that scene. One of the actresses in this film got hypothermia for the light being too cold. Hmm. It's not half the shit the actors got into in Texas when they were filming that. Peter <laughs> Barton was actually slammed into the shower in the shower scene by Ted White and actually hurt him. Wow. That's hardcore. Barton allowed the crash pad and threatened to quit, and Zito refused to let Arnson get out of the lake between the two takes. So apparently they hate Joseph Zito that directed this. He's brutal, man. <laughs> He's like, fuck you, we're doing these shots. How, how brutal it is or not. Kimberly Beck in this film stated that she does not like the horror genre. Well, most actors don't. They just did it to get their foot in the door. There was a man who watched her while she ran through the park receiving odd phone calls at all hours. This stopped <laughs> when production was finished. So there's apparently some weird shit going on on the set of this. It's just interesting. It's like The Exorcist. That'll be an interesting when we discuss that, because there was some crazy shit going on in that film. I met uh, a lady that plays Captain Howdy. That's in a little makeup. That was pretty weird. Because, um, you know, Linda Blair was supposed to be at the convention, but she ended up getting the flu or something, so... Well, that's the last thing I want to meet is Linda Blair when she's She sick. never shows up at the conventions. <laughs> but it's either. like, I don't know. can you imagine meeting Linda Blair sick? It'd be like the fucking exorcist. That's yeah, scary. Weird. I was like, you want to watch me, a grown man pee himself? Here we go. Just start, like, throwing up green shit in front of me. That's not good. <clears throat> and here's the classic 80s. You got a dude watching, you know, chicks work out on television. She thought she was going to get some doctor dick. Instead, she gets a knife. Yeah. <laughs> so this is no. This is this is fascinating to me. So there was a man that was watching them. They don't know who the fuck he was, and then he was calling, making these phone calls, and they get there, and he just breathe in the phone and hang up. This this actually happened when they were filming this movie. So there was a real uh, creep on the set of a horror movie. That's right. fucking. I actually, it kind of adds to the mystique of this. They turned today. it into when a stranger calls, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like he's in the park. I'm looking up something right now. A lot of people, a lot of, if you're a big Friday the 13th fan, you know that they do this. All the Paramount films, the working title when they would go to the location, it was always a David Bowie song. Huh. Corey and I's favorite. Friday the 13th movie is part 6 and it was referred to as they were filming the movie Aladdin Sane, which if you're a David Bowie fan, that's a Bowie record. So, I always thought that was interesting how they would use this. What I'm trying to find right now, I may have to, I think I'm going to pass this over to 
Mr. Gorecross and see if he can find it. I can't find the Bowie title for this film. Now I'm surprised that, that surprised that Jason's main weapon wasn't a Bowie knife instead of a machete. You know, just to be some irony. I'm sure when he did use a Bowie knife, which I don't know why this isn't in here. It's pissing me off. Oh, are all the other ones? All the other ones have names. Yeah, I mean, something I would love to do, and I mentioned this, I think, on either our first or second podcast. I would love to sit down and do. I have the Crystal Lake Memories Blu-ray set, and it's fucking amazing. I've seen that book. Uh, that book the is Blu-ray fucking gigantic. Is, the Blu-ray though is like twelve hours long because they go. You get like an hour for each film. And that book is like at least twelve hours long to read. It's fucking huge. I found it once, but my other half decided she wanted it more than me, so <laughs> well, I still plan on stealing ar- it. Can't argue that one. I, I still plan on stealing it though. <laughs> See if I can. I don't know why it's not listed in here. I thought it would be. But either way, Aladdin Sane was the one that they used for Friday the 13th Part 6, the final uh, Jason Lives, which is Horino's favorite. Uh, you know, if you got to put a gun to her head. I just loved it. I don't know why. The Alice Cooper music and so it was just fun. Not this one, but six. It's my but favorite one. It's the first one where it becomes... Where I just thought for this, you know, we're doing Part 4. We're probably going to want to do Part 6. So we're doing Part 4 because this movie's way more brutal. The kills were basically left intact in this film, unlike some of the other films that we enjoy, like Part 7. Part 3 was called Crystal Japan, which is a Bowie song, but I'm trying to find Part 4. Because uh, I didn't know this new information. I didn't know about the Bowie thing. That's kind of funny. I threw one out on you? Yeah, he threw one right out on me. The doctor's in, kids. <laughs> Let's see... Uh... This asswipe doctor is drinking coffee. We're going to do this one. And he's now getting a saw to the neck. He just got a saw to the neck. A That's hacksaw to the, the neck. The first kill and of the film. And got his head fucking twisted off. That's the first kill of the movie. That's a great way to welcome in the new holiday. It is. It's fucking fantastic. Happy Friday the 13th. In fucking deed. Why I can't find this, I don't know. It's driving me insane. But anyway... The weekend gross on this film when it opened was eleven million one hundred eighty-three dollars, and it took in a total of thirty-two million, almost thirty-three million dollars. So it's placed twenty-six on the list of top-grossing films of '84, which is kind of cool. Wish it could have been thirteen. Huh. Here's something interesting. Uh, Leland Records released a limited edition six-CD box set containing. Manfredini, the gentleman that Corey was speaking of that he met, <laughs> all of his scores for the first six films in the series. This release was sold out in 24 hours. And I'll now ask the ask everybody a question. Do you think I own this box set? I do. <laughs> I can't believe I don't remember what it was, but anyway, that's... Anyway, now we got Corey Feldman. He is uh, downstairs talking to his mom. We're officially at Camp Crystal Lake. On Friday the 13th, so welcome. And both these girls were the the the, the daughter. His uh, Corey Feldman's sister in this film is the one that was saying that there was a strange man that followed her around the set. Now that's this is news to me. I wasn't aware of this, so this actually makes this really creepy watching this. Now we have the station wagon with Peter Barton that got that got pissed off at Jason Ted White and. 
one of my favorite actors is in this film. Crispin Glover is just, I mean, if you're a Back to the Future fan, the original oh, film, you know, but but he's just fucking awesome. Hot Tub Time Machine. I mean, he's <laughs> fucking awesome. I love, he's apparently very reclusive, doesn't like doing the autograph signing thing, doesn't like doing calls. You can kind of tell when he's... But he's fucking awesome. I'd yeah. love to just hang out and drink a beer and smoke a joint with this he's guy. He's one of those, like, awkward actors that makes makes his characters awesome because of his personality, you know. And according to the film, he's a dead fuck. <laughs> the computer don't lie. Now he's using his old computer, which doesn't exist. He's typing on the back of a. Looks like a fucking. No, I don't. I don't think they used uh, a Bowie title for this movie. They did for all of them. Accor- according to the director of Part Six, they did for all of them. Right. But it started at part three, and then... But I don't know. Maybe Joseph Zito never released this information. I don't know. That or I should have watched my fucking documentary before we did this, but... So that's where all this is from, is that Crystal Lake Memories. Is where they... they well, then it's supposed to be in there. I don't know. I can't find it. I've sat here and prowled on this thing and can't find shit. From what I've seen, it's only... Three and then on six they named it a Bowie thing, but they're all on there. But I can't. Uh, Jason takes Manhattan. They used David Bowie title uh, for Canadian fans, so they wouldn't find out. So I guess they shot it. Um, I don't know. It says they used one of David titles, David's titles, to escape the attention of adoring fans in Canada, for which the production. Went with the alias Ashes to Ashes. So. <coughs> Shoo. Excuse me. That's crazy. <coughs> oh, gotta love the summer slash spring, whatever. My allergies. <laughs> um, little side note again to go back to Joseph Zito. The Prowler is also Savini makeup. Pretty awesome. Right. Well, Blue is, Underground put that out if you kids are interested in that. It's been out for a while. Pretty nice Blu-ray. I picked it up pretty cheap. This is uh, this is one of my favorite kills in all of Friday Thirteenth right here. You got this the, this hippie chick that's like a hitchhiker. You know they don't end up picking her up. They just like drive right by her ass, <coughs> and then Jason hacks her up while she's eating a banana. It's pretty awesome. And she just like she's you know. <coughs> Getting killed and she has a banana in her hand. She's squeezing it and it's just—it makes it pretty uh, visceral, but it's also funny, you know. Because there she goes, she's eating her little banana, you know. Which I guess for the—I uh, don't know if they just wanted as as a joke, but I mean they zoom in on her face and she's just like chowing down on this fucking banana. It's kind of gross. And then, uh, you know, she gets paranoid and. Yeah, he just shoves a stake through her fucking neck. And there goes the banana. So it's like, you know, she's an overweight hippie, she's eating her, her healthy fruit, and then she gets stabbed in the back of the neck anyway. You know, it's irony, which is nice. Just like in uh, in part six, in the beginning where the, you know, that dude that's in, in Ghost of Patrick Swayze, he goes out to try and shoot uh, Jason... In the beginning. And his wife is, you know, she's like, you're not dirty, Harry. Now put that thing away. And 
He starts shooting at Jason. Jason fucking spears his ass and throws him behind him. Oh, yeah. And then his wife gets out, and she gets stabbed in that puddle of mud or whatever. And or he's then, in a mom and, mom and sister sandwich there, <laughs> which is kind of weird. And then you see, uh, in that death, her American Express card is floating in the water. That's right. And their their message for that part was, you know... Don't leave home without it. Yeah, always keep your credit card on you because you never know when you might need to well, that was also persuade the, a killer. That was the, their... their ad campaign at the time was don't leave home without it was a right, yeah. express card don't leave home without it <laughs> so uh he's great I mean, we can, yeah. I can see her t- six is there's a lot of cool stuff in that that's my favorite yeah uh so now we've got uh they're unloading the station wagon they're they're getting ready for camp folks you know for some reason actually I'm gonna actually change something I said earlier I actually think I'm leaning towards this this one is tied with six for me. I really like this. This one, one is just awesome. Crispin Glover is. <laughs> I think I'm gonna bring it up the whole time, but he's fucking awesome. See, I'm weird. I like five and six. We're gonna do that. We. I want to do five. Because five, you know, it's not Jason. It's. It's. I thought the copycat thing was cool, but it's also. It's one of the most brutal, I think, horror films. Period. Like it's just. It's nasty. It's a nasty film. That film is death metal. You know what I mean? Because by the. Uh, Pretty much the end of the movie, you know how Jason, the real Jason, usually uh, hides his his bodies, and then people when they're when they're all left alone, there's two people left. They find all these bodies everywhere. Well, in in part five, you know he goes up to the to the bunk room because everybody's just gone, and all the bodies are like piled up on this in this bunk bed, and it's just, it's fucking brutal as shit, and. Uh, Miguel Nunez is in that film, which was my favorite character in Return of the Living Dead. And he dies in a porta potty, which is pretty funny. <laughs> he's like, is that you? He's like, quit shaking the fucking porta potty. That part is funny. And, you know, he gets killed, which that that's one of my favorite Friday scenes. The two Friday greaser scenes. guys in that movie are funny where they're trying to work on the car. Right. Uh, we're talking about five, are we? Yeah. Yeah, yeah five and six are my favorite films. One part of five that I want to mention real quick that drives me insane, I can't deal with the. The kid, the adult kid that rides around on the motorcycle whining. Oh, God, the man-child dude with his mom or whatever? It's awful. The mom dies in, like, a pot of stew, doesn't she? She gets, like, she gets, like, dunked into her own pot of hot stew or some shit. I don't remember. I thought it was funny. That dude riding his motorcycle gets his fucking head chopped off, which is funny. He gets, like, clotheslined by a machete. (laughs) It's pretty good. (laughs) <laughs> uh, by the way, kids, the doctor is now live on uh, uh, Twitter. We're live tweeting this event on Twitter. The doctor. Just thought I'd do it for the holiday. If you want to shout at me, here I am. Uh, anyway, so we've got uh, the first nudity of the scene, which gives Corey Feldman his first little boner. <laughs> his first real one. And then after this film, he went and shot The Goonies. Yeah, what a great movie. Which is why he wasn't in the next film, because I, I, apparently they wanted him to beat Tommy Jarvis in the next movie, but I guess to make him younger? I don't know. But uh, The sequence he, in that's five why that you like. It's a cameo. Yeah. The sequence you love in part five, with him with the rain on him and stuff. Which I always got They confused. shot that on the same soundstage. That's how pressed he was shooting apparently movies. Apparently that's, shot that that's in his backyard, is where that is. Right, it yeah. is. But but, he, but but again, they did that because... He was filming the Goonies. He so was so busy shooting the Goonies that they didn't have anything. Because I forget, 
they wanted him to be Tommy in that film. And oh, they did. That's why they got the older guy, but the reason they didn't was because of the Goonies, so they just gave him the cameo what he can do, because they wanted him in the film. You know, so uh, they had to rewrite it a He also, bit. Corey Feldman, I've seen mention, and you probably have too, a zillion times that he said he wanted to revisit this character. Oh, he did. I think it's a shame that they've never done that. Apparently, some of the people hate him. The, the further, you know, the other directors after these films, like, didn't like him. Well, I mean, it, I've met him. Mm-hmm. When I met him, he was kind of in his own little world, and I think I just kind of, I just left him alone. I didn't, He's I honestly a, a, a pretty him, busy guy for his. I'm sure he is. What he still does. I mean, he was I mean, a he was a child actor. It's like I mean, right. the guy's got his own story. I love him. I mean, if I was directing one, I would totally put him in it. But he's one of those child actors for me, at least, where he's done enough. Incredible movies that I really love that he didn't have to do anything as an adult with acting to make him relevant still, you know. He'll always be relevant in the horror world because of Lost Boys and, and this and, uh, you know, um, Fuck and, yeah, and the Goonies Boys. even too, you know. Still, I, again, I'm going to go back and he's barely in it. My favorite thing that he's in, and it's just funny to me, is a movie called Tom After Tom. Yeah, you told me. Yeah. Which was directed by Nicholas Mayer that did... Star Trek Two: Rathacon. Yeah, it doesn't course. really get. Uh, for you sci-fi nerds, next month I, I, I'm going off subject here, but I've got to I've got to plug this because I can't believe this thing's actually seen seeing a lot of day. This you'll be interested in probably. Okay. Uh, too. This is not horror, kids, but I'm still going to bring this up because it's amazing. Do it. Let's Star do Trek it. Two: Rathacon, the director's cut Blu-ray comes out next month. You're shitting me. No. So how many extra minutes is the film? About 40 minutes. Really? They cut that much from it? Yes. I've what never was, seen this. This, what thing's was ne- cut this thing's never it. seen the lot of day. What was cut from it that you know? Just like extra... Was it extra con stuff or was it extra... There's all kinds of shit. Wow. See, Ricardo Montalban was never actually on the set. Shatner and him never met each other. They oh. were recording in two different parts of the studio. That's crazy. And they did that to keep... Nicholas Mayer's a genius. He did that to keep it... Uh, Just keep legit. It, yeah. Instead of... Now there was a director's cut of the of, of it that that floated around a bootleg that I had, where somebody but, gathered the scenes that were. But around I'm pretty together. excited about it, man. It's the official. Director's if they'll just cut. if they'll just put out the director's cut of part one, now then I'll be in. Business. So but it anyway, comes, so it comes out next month. What date? Do you know exactly? Uh yeah. If we want to plug some other releases, uh, August is going to be a pretty big month for our boys at Shop Factory. I've got some more stuff I'll be more happy to plug here. Uh, as if, if you guys follow us every week with this stuff, which we really gratefully appreciate you guys for, for tuning in and listening to our, our bullshit. It's pretty awesome. I appreciate it. Um, last week was Mother's Day on our episode, and we did uh, we did uh, Psycho 3. That was fun. With Jeff Fahey goodness. He's a fucking rock star. And it's cool that I found out like a day later from, uh, you know, from doing that episode. We were just talking about it. Uh, Shout Factory in August is putting out Psycho 4. We made it happen, I yeah. feel like. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we didn't. It was obviously already ready. They might have actually put it out on Mother's Day. I just never looked at it. I don't know. Because that would be a good time to be like, hey, we're putting out this one too. I try to follow them, but I'm not on – I'm on Twitter more than I'm on Facebook. But. All right. I just went on uh, their website and looked it up. And then um, what else? They're doing Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the uh, Donald Sutherland, which is great. And then uh, they're doing this movie I'm very excited to watch. I don't know why I haven't seen it yet. It's actually on video on demand now, and it was in select theaters. But it's this movie called Baskin that's a, a foreign film. It's a Turkish horror movie. But uh, these 
these police investigators stumble stumble upon uh, I guess a gateway to hell, which is you know sounds like uh, the Beyond, but it's it's a way different film. It, it looks fucking incredible. Shot Factory is putting that thing out when it comes out on Blu-ray, which is pretty big, I think, because that's probably gonna be the best horror movie that's came out in a long time, even though it's international. Don't know anything really about it. It looks it looks really fucking gory and brutal. And I'll tell you, and I'll, I'll this is gonna that, sound. I'll, that's I'll, actually the first horror movie since probably Green Inferno that's new that I've been excited. Is Scream Factory putting it out? Yeah. Well, I've got a surprise for you. So. All those titles, and I'm going to do a shout out here to this because I, I you can actually find them. You can't find the retro stuff that we're talking there, but for some reason Best Buy actually carries their modern horror titles, and they're ten bucks. Really? When they have them. Hmm. I don't know why I found them there a bunch because there was something else that they did recently. that had Tracy Lords in it. I saw there was ten. Oh yeah, it's uh, ten dollars. I can't remember what it is. Um, the Wrath of Khan. If there's any Star Trek fans out there, the director's cut of that comes out June seventh. June seventh. Uh, not bad. But I guess the 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 main one that I'm waiting on right now, once I find it here, I'll give you guys a more info on it here. I'm trying to find it because it's being elusive shit on me right now. <laughs> there it is. The one I'm waiting on is a Arrow release called Bloodbath with Sid Haig. Oh, yeah. And this comes out on May 30th, and Corey and I will definitely be doing a podcast uh I, I, I didn't know that wasn't out. I thought that was out. No, already. not yet. Huh. May 30th. All right. Uh, you know, we'll actually... Sid Haig, if you're a fan of his, he is, I guess, best known. Younger audience viewers and, and most people kind of got a resurgence through Rob Zombie, which I will accredit him all the credit in the world for that. Right. Because he's great. <clears throat> um, also, a fun fact about Blood Rage, it is a Roger Corman feature. Oh, of course. So... Yeah, he's famous for House of Thousand Corpses. Uh, a fun one we would do, it would be kind of fun, would be a Pit Stop, that movie you bought. Yeah, the I'd Arrow. love to That's do that. That's an too. We, we went to see uh, At the Gates and uh, Decapitated. The next day before we saw some more shows, uh, or we were going to see Cannibal and Cryptopsy and Obituary that night. Uh, Corey found me a Arrow title called Pit Stop, which is not a horror movie. It's a exploitation race car film with Sid Haig and it's pretty damn fun. It's like Death Race 2000 with Sid Haig. <laughs> yes. But it's uh, black and white the whole film, correct? The whole thing's black and white? Yes, it is. But it's not in a black and white age. It's just kind of... No, it is in a black Was it like 68 thing. or something? I don't know the year on it. I'd it's old. It it's up, an old but film. It's, it's an older film. But right. Um... Oh, my Lord, kids, have I got a surprise for you. August 16th, I'm going to ask Corey to get this for me for my birthday present. Arrow has just knocked one out of the park. Really? Microwave Massacre. Yeah, baby. (laughs) How awesome does that sound? Thank you, Arrow. Microwave Massacre. That ought to be good. I'm also plugging it for my birthday present. Anyway. That's exciting. Uh, Do the so we have anything else here? Arrows got in here that I. They came for dinner to find out they were dinner. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here's the thing for for microwave massacre. We have to bring like microwavable TV dinner or like hot pockets. I think that's a great idea. We should totally use our microwave the entire time that this is going uh, on. How we do that episode? But either way, I'm totally getting that. 
they have another release called the. Uh, that's actually not worth mentioning. It's, it's not what I'm looking for. Anyway, Microwave Massacre Kids, August 16th. It's a few days after the doctor's birthday. Be on the lookout for that. Uh, I haven't seen this in years. Now, just to be clear, it's, it's... The ad for this says vegetarians need not apply. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Arrow knocks another one out. Arrow's starting to be just... And I love Scream Pack, but my God. After Arrow's Blood Rage, some, I was... They're about, fucking... They're not, cranking them out. And what do you think? I think around Thanksgiving time we should do the Blood Rage. If we wait that long, but you Blood know... Blood Rage does... it. I could do it every week. Yeah, that's great. We Corey and I watched watched that privately together without doing it before we were doing this and laughed our ass off. It's very entertaining. Uh, some other stuff I wanted to plug real quick: Jaws two, three, and four are all coming out. That's soon too. Uh, yeah, those that's are also, June, if I'm not well. mistaken, the same day as the Star Trek. I'm going to be broke. No, it's not. It's a week so, later, June fourteenth. Okay. So a week after the Star Trek release, uh, we also have. Movie called Psychic Killer, hmm. which I'm not familiar with, but probably gonna buy it. Do you like the the, death the doctor movie? buys everything? Do you like the Death Wish movies? Charles Bronson, a couple of them. The second one, Shaw Factory is putting out in August, also, which is weird, but it's cool. Wow, this looks great. And this is the uh, scene of the film. We'll get you back in the loop of what we're watching here. Is uh, you first see. Uh, Tommy, young Tommy Jarvis's room, and he's got you know all these creature features in his room, like all the masks that he makes, because he's like a young uh, makeup effects artist, you know, uh, connoisseur in this film. So he's a little, you know, it's pretty cool. Uh, something Corey's very interested in. I wanted to mention again because they they've done such an outrageous job with this with their own cover art. I think they. They've just blown it out of the park. Scream Factory's putting out The Return of the Living Dead. Oh, I'm, I'm counting down the this, minutes, man. And it's 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 July 19th. Yeah. And, of course, if you go on their it's website, you can birthday. get it. You can actually get it on your birthday. If you want to, you can get it two weeks early if That'll you birthday, if you though. buy it from directly from them. And you get the poster art if it's still available. Yeah, anytime you do Shout Factory and they have the poster available, then, you know, grab it. And you get the slipcase. I mean, always try to get it from them as soon as possible so you, you, know, you get your slipcase and all that other shit. Um, you know, uh, be very cool. A release that is already out of print, kids. It's sixty dollars on Amazon. Is Bride of Reanimator, which what what price is it at now? It's sixty dollars. Yep. So you it's, didn't get it then. And yeah, but it's better to pay it now if you're wanting it than pay a hundred for it later. Right. Um. Now while we're talking about uh. Oh, I want to with, warn with, people about something real quick. Uh, the movie The Curse and The Curse 2, our friend Jens actually wasted his money on those. Uh, it has uh, some actors from uh, Star Trek The Next Generation in it. Uh, the guy that played Wesley Crusher, you all probably know him at, from Big Bang Theory and everything else. Right. Uh, they're turds. Don't waste your money on them. Okay, continue. Well, Curse, curse too. Stay away from him. On the subject of uh, Return of the Living Dead, uh, Mark Venturini, that was in that film, is the killer, the copycat killer in A New Beginning, Friday the 13th. That's the killer in the film, is, is Mark Venturini. That's from... The ambulance driver? 
Yeah, the guy who's the killer in in that film in the in the New Beginning. That's Mark Venturini from Return of the Living Dead. Weird. Which is like, have some respect for the dead, will ya? And then, of course... I had no idea, that's crazy. Rest in peace, Mark Venturini. It's been a while. Yeah, there's some film stuff for you there. And apparently Dolls that I just scored on Blu-ray, really cheap used, is out of print. There you go. That's a Shout Factory, isn't it? Scream Factory line, yeah. Scream Factory, It is out of print. Wow. That's why you always got to get these things, man. That that Return of the Living Dead guarantee you that'll go out of print too, because the that there was one that was very limited that had uh, its own uh, cover art and and uh, a secondary poster you can get, and that thing sold out in like less than a day. Uh, it looks so, like money I mean, bags is too. Yeah, y'all. Yeah, the fog's gonna be out of print. I mean, all that stuff's gonna go. Um, Kids, don't worry. Don't ever worry if you, you're worrying out there. You know, people don't have these. The doctor has all these. <laughs> they're they're in the vault. Right. The vault of horror. Um, but if you're a fan of this stuff, you know, go buy it. Go pick it up. Cause wow, I want to plug this real quick. I'm actually going to buy this probably later today. Scream Factory put out the original Amityville Horror Trilogy. It's down to 43 bucks, which is a fucking steal. That thing was over $100 when it came out. Yeah, I mean, it's better than buying it off eBay, you know, six months from now when it's jacked up and people can put it's their own price tag on that. I didn't even know they put that out. Yeah. That's awesome. Is that, is that Josh Brolin goodness? I would That's love awesome. to do some of those. Isn't that Josh Brolin in those If you're films? into it, yeah. Well, in the first one. It's his dad. It's James Brolin. It's the dad of oh, James Brolin. Yep. Okay. I know what you meant. You're right there with it, man. <laughs> Josh, of course, which was in one of my favorite 80s movies, which I would love to just watch with Corey sometime with a case of beer, is a movie called Thrashing, which yeah. was like also has Robert Russler, one of my favorite actors. You'll know him from uh, Weird Science. It was He yeah. was opposite Robert Downey Jr. picking on uh, the guys in it, and he was also in uh, Thrashing, and he was in Robert Russler. For horror fans, he was in Vamps with Grace Jones, and he great was movie. also in yeah, it is, and he was also in uh, Nightmare on Street Part Two. Yep, he was Grady. <laughs> and uh, what was I about to say? For the wrestler, can't remember now. I, de- I derailed you. I derailed. <laughs> I derailed your Christ today. Didn't you mean crucified to. me? I did. I didn't mean to. <laughs> Anyway, you know, and, and I'll tell you something. If you're wanting to know about uh, two sites that I use for knowledge on Blu-rays, there's a website called DVD Talk, which I know sounds asinine, but their Blu-ray section is quite informative. Uh, their reviews are pretty to the point. Don't always agree with them, but you know, you're not going to always agree with people. Uh, and then also, uh, for release dates, I use a website called High Def Digest. Right. Um, I also use... I do use uh, HD Digest. This one's pretty good, too. Um, Blu-ray.com, if you want to find out about Blu-ray. Blu-ray.com. The, the thing, and I want to point this out, Blu-ray.com is probably the most amazing one, but you have to be careful with them because I'm going to give you guys, this is, this is again, off the subject of horror for a second, but it's very relative to what we're talking about. They just put out a show that I loved when I was a kid. Mill Creek slash Universal put out a show called Airwolf on Blu-ray. Right. Been chomping at the bit to get this thing. Uh, it's out of stock on Amazon. Finally scored my scored a copy of it this week. Nice. Wanted to read a review on it. Well, 
The only place that had it was Blu-ray.com, which was awesome. However, the review was for a 2011 German release. That's the only. You thing. have to be really. You have to be careful on that site. That site is incredibly informative, but if you're not paying attention to it, they'll have like a little flag next to it. You'll get you fisted. Tell. Yeah, because they'll have every kind of Blu-ray. So if you look up uh, Shiver, the uh, you know Shivers, the uh, you know Cronenberg film. Of course, it's not released in the U.S., so if you're like, holy shit, it's on Blu-ray, it's like, well, not for you, for the U.K. So. Yeah, always check your region code, yeah, so, kids. So, so make sure you click on it and you look at where it's coming from. Because you will spend yeah. a lot of money and get a disc that can be used as a beer coaster yeah, if you exactly. can't watch it. <laughs> or if you just, you know, if you're weird, and if you have a region-free player, I mean, more power to you. But if you're like us that have, you know, a, a American Blu-ray player or a, a video game console, what have you, uh, you got to be careful with your regions, but uh, Blu-ray.com, the most, the, the uh, coolest feature they have on the whole thing, is uh, you register on the website and you create your account, and it's all free. <laughs> free account. Blu-ray.com accounts are free. Those tits are free too. Yeah, those tits are free for uh, Jimmy Bauer, and uh, they have a thing where you can have your own collection on the website, so. You'll add all these, you know, every Blu-ray you have to your little collection so you can keep track and it puts them in ABC order. So that actually helped me organize my Blu-rays faster than just, you know, figuring shit out. It was already... No, it's great. Out, no, look, but. and I wasn't trying to attack the side. It's a great side. Oh, yeah. It's but you a, have to, like, have to on be that... careful, man. For example, that Airwolf thing, there's no fucking review out there for it. Yeah. And I was reading a review of something from, like, 45 years ago... Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's not even the same product. Yeah. Now, granted, <clears throat> I want to also mention this, too. You have to watch certain U.S. releases, especially with TV shows. Universal has gotten very ghetto when they put out television shows. I don't know if we've got any television fans out there. I'm a huge retro fan of stuff that I grew up watching. And uh, last year, they put out the complete Battlestar Galactica. Amazing. Which was, which the original great. series is which was great, Batman. you know. And that new stuff is okay. But, but the, the problem with is it is, want. is they ported it. Its menus, and I want to tell you guys how confusing this is, especially if you've had a few beers, so they got, smoked like, you a big fatty. <laughs> There's symbols instead of it telling you language, audio, scene selection. And I'm sitting there like, this is a goddamn Rubik's cube. I can't <laughs> fucking. I wanted to. And, and, and I know damn well they ported that because I've got a friend that lives in Japan that was telling me basically all they did was port the German Blu-ray release, which is a few years old. Because I love you, Germany. You get everything before we do, and and, and you have hot better. nasty you get, sex. But yeah, you get uh, you get Steelbook limited edition tins of every fucking Blu-ray that's ever been put out. It's like here's the box set of a Reanimator. It comes with you know. Well, on this television thing, this is very valid because I'm going to tell you guys, if you get that and you're like me, it's just confusing. Yeah. It's these symbols, and I'm supposed to just be like, okay, I, I'm going to just I try to find the audio or the scene selection. <laughs> it shouldn't be like an Easter egg hunt for but a But it's because I, apparently that format, it was easier for them to just convert that and put it out over here. Although it wasn't cheap because I spent over $100 on that fucking set yeah, after finding a used one for a buddy of mine yeah. for about 50 bucks. But either way, and I'm not even trying to get into a subject about that, but it's, you have to be real careful when you when you buy uh, television stuff on Blu-ray uh, because if these companies, if this isn't the initial release for it, 
Uh, we're lucky on some things, but like for example, I just got the Expanse on Blu-ray, the the science yeah. fiction show, the new show with Thomas Jane or whatever. I got that on Blu-ray, and it's got that same fucking menu as Battlestar Galactica. I fucking hate it. It's like these goddamn symbols. It's like I'm like I'm like I can't figure. I'm sitting there like <laughs> trying to go through it. It's like I'm half time wanting to watch this, you know. And you've got to sit there for an hour to figure out if it's scene selection or, well. if, it's, or if it's audio or. Ladies and gentlemen. I mean, it's just be careful because it's it's frustrating, and that's that's from the doctor himself. So pay attention, kids. So we've got Crispin Glover. He's got that that other dude's hat on. He just kind of he swabbed it away from that dude and took his hat. The, the twins in this movie are the original Double Mint Gum, Double Mint twins. Weird. Yeah. And Chris Crispin's about to go pork one of them now. Sorry, we got off. I'm leaving the guy alone. I got into a rant. We got away from the film. But. Well, now I remember what I was going to say before the, the Robert Rustler. Um, my mom's best friend, Adrian, who I consider my aunt, uh, she lives in Amityville, New York. Not, I don't know. That's probably it's a pretty big town. It's so amazing. I, I don't know if she's. I know she's seen the house before. You know, the real one. So uh, shout out to Aunt Doodoo. That is amazing. If you ever hear this episode, uh, I love you very much. I think that's very cool. She still she still lives there. Incredibly yeah. awesome. Because you know I'm I'm a Long Island kid. You know I'm uh, I miss the place. But she actually still lives in Amityville, so that's pretty cool. That's amazing. And I've always been fascinated with that. I was like you know because I never went to Amityville when I lived in Long Island, so um, never got to see the actual house. But it's still there. It's still cool. A fun story. I doubt anyone will ever live there, but you know. Not because of the movies, because of the real shit that happened. It was based on, you know, I, I don't know if it's a tourist attraction or if somebody doesn't know that it's a Amityville horror house and they and they live there now. I don't know. A fun story to mention about the Amityville horror movies. I had the pleasure of hanging out with Eric Rutan from Hate Eternal slash Morbid Angel, and love you. Yeah, we love you to death, and we're going to see you here shortly. Hopefully we can uh, be about a week or two in Atlanta. It's them and Vital Remains, which we'll get to in a second. You do have uh, some some goodness today from them. But I, uh, when when I met him, he was like, "This was this was Steve Tucker era Morbid Angel, right?" And they were touring, and he said their favorite movie to watch on the bus was Amityville Two. Nice. So we're definitely. I'm gonna buy that fucking box set. We'll do the two. We, we for should sure. definitely do a. Uh... See, the weird thing is, for me, with the Exorcist films, I like the the Heretic. That's my favorite one. You know, I would like to do that one just because I haven't seen it in years. Is that that's the one with Brad Dorif, isn't it? Where they're in the the. No, that's the, the third. One. That's three. That's three. Okay. I uh. It must be three. I'm thinking the one with the Dur- hospital. Yeah, it's great. That's my favorite one. It's great. That's not heretic. It's scary as hell. Hell no. So two we is heretic. Saw that skip school with Matt that I've mentioned before, and we went and saw Texas Three Leatherface. We wore a movie called Warlock, which I want to plug with Julian Sands. Which I, please God, will somebody put that out on Blu-ray? Warlock with Julian Sands. Please put that out. <laughs> It'll happen. I mean, it has fucking the the soundtrack for that movie right. is like thrash and stuff. Just the right. sound of it, it's, Warlock. I mean, oh, it's, it's great. Gotta, it's, great. it's gotta be good. It's great. And it was also uh, just like Dungeon Master is good. Yeah, that's a yeah. It's such a great and that's, and that's my, more Friday the Thirteenth goodness with, with the uh, best. 
John Carl Buchler that did Seven. That's his film as uh, Dungeon Master. Yeah, and he did the effects movie. for it as well. I mean, he uh, just like he did in. Okay, so Rob is out at his tent. This is another fun thing about this movie that I love. Uh, This guy is actually hunting Jason. Yeah. Which was taken later into account with the character from the cat from Supernatural in the 2009 remake. But love this guy. This guy's death scene in this film is fucking hilarious. It's not right here, but it is absolutely the funniest fucking thing in the world. I almost feel like we should put it, crank the thing up, and, and put his death scene in this today because it's uh, it, <laughs> he's killing me, yeah. he's killing me. And the other fun thing is that uh, and the Doubleman twins getting thrown out the fucking window. All right now he's got the machete because now it's more of a, a foreshadowing element in in these films after three is that when you see somebody with a machete in your in their hand, you know Jason's going to get it from him, right? You know. Like in part six was probably the biggest foreshadowing moment that that tough guy's walking around because he has he got eliminated from the paintball game and he's running around with that you know machete <laughs> and he's just like those fucking assholes and he's hammering down at the fucking uh, the tree and then Jason comes up behind and grabs his arm throws his face into the tree makes a little smiley face it's funny and then he rips his arm off and takes the machete you know I'm gonna That's hand awesome. some info over here. I'm gonna let Corey tell you a little bit about this because I just plugged this film because I really want this on Blu-ray. I'm gonna let Corey read some fun facts about this. He's gonna see a lot of things in this that he's gonna really want to see this movie. All right, it's a uh, considered a cult horror film from '89, and it's got Julian Sands in it, which you had said he's uh, Jor-El and Smallville. So I already know why he likes this film because he's such a fucking Superman fan. Uh, which is great. Uh, so you were trying to get me in a Smallville. I still never watched it. It's great. But uh, that's for another podcast. <laughs> we'll yeah. work on it. Uh, let's see. We got Lori Singer. That's from uh, Footloose, which is pretty cool. And let's see. The soundtrack is by Jerry Goldsmith, which I don't know who that He's is. He's a Star Trek composer. Oh, you did fucking Poltergeist and Alien and yeah. nice Basic Instinct. Love that soundtrack. And it's it's about seventeenth uh, century warlock, and in the twentieth century he's pursued by a witch hunter. And it takes place in Boston. So pretty much, let's see, ends up going to Los Angeles, California. And it's got Satan in it, and it's got all kinds of awesome shit. I mean, this sounds pretty fucking badass. I figured you'd get a kick out of who directed it. Assembles the Grand Grimoire, a satanic book that will reveal the true name of God. <laughs> it's God. Pretty- that's that description alone is fucking awesome. Let's see. Uh, and Steve Miner directed it. Yes, of Friday the Thirteenth fame. Awesome. That's fucking great. He did part two and three. Yeah. Awesome. So I thought you would do that. He also did uh, Halloween H2O. Yes, he did. And then he directed that that Day of the Dead remake turd, but we won't get Never saw that. that. It's pretty bad. Um, <clears throat> today's featured article, Carolina Panthers. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, I'm going to try to find... Somebody had told me, and I didn't remember this, and I just, you know, 
keeping it metal here. Either either way, what I wanted to say was Eric Rutan and Steve Tucker and Trey, the Morbid Angel Cats, when they were touring, they loved to watch Amityville 2 and laugh their ass off when they were loaded. So that's just <laughs> funny to me. It's a story that'll stick with me till I'm dead. Uh, now, what uh, what death metal have you brought today? Well, I brought some interesting stuff today. Uh, I'm kind of double ta- uh, multitasking here. I'm trying to find the. That's how the doctor does it. Yeah. I'm trying to find this fucking soundtrack, uh, which is not what I'm trying to plug. But you embalm bodies. I would like. I would like to plug some stuff though. You, uh, you embalm bodies by uh, reading Playboy at the same time. Or hustler. I try to hustler. Hustler. Yeah. Playboy is when you were a uh, younger doctor. What I like to call a modern classic, uh, and it's... Cult classic. Yeah, uh, Vital Remains to Christianize. No pun intended with which the cult is, classic. Yes, it's such a... <laughs> love this album. been listening to it a bunch. Very uh, brutal. Uh, Metallica-length songs for death metal bands. Not really a common thing. No, it's... But they, they drag it out with, you know... They've got fucking crushing solos, and they got amazing guitar players. You know, Tony is... He fucking rules. But you also brought another piece of uh, Tony Lazaro goodness with you as well. I did. I have Angel Corpse's The Inexorable from 1999. Awesome. It's good shit. Um, And then uh, a precursor, this was an EP that they put out last year, uh, Dinner and Sherman from Merciful Fate. Uh, The two guitar players, they have a new band and this is their EP called Satan's Tomb. They have a full length that comes out shortly, which I'm looking up right now. Yeah, so be on the lookout for that. If you're a King Diamond fan or just Merciful Fate fan, you know, that's that's good shit. It is. It's really good. The singer on it, you know, whatever. But the, the lineup for this band for the uh, Dinner Sherman project is, is pretty fucking stout. They've got Snowy Shaw drumming, and they also have... Uh, um, this unknown vocalist guy, this Sean guy, and he's pretty awesome, but it's pretty cool. Kind of show Corey that there. The, oh, yeah, it's fucking awesome. But, uh, the this singer, thing's been out a while. I'm plugging singer it. singer looks like Anton LaVey. Yeah. Well, the, the which I'm going to look that up real quick. The full length comes out soon because I need to order it. Um, I found it on this motherfucker earlier now. Uh, let's see here. Where is that? Um, oh, side note, and I'm, I haven't bought this yet. I'm going to go buy it this weekend. Uh, Destruction has a new album. Really? Called Under Attack, and I'm definitely going to buy it. Destruction is some German thrash goodness, kind of getting off the death metal thing again, but they've influenced tons of death metal uh, over the years. Um, it came out today. Uh, the new Gore Guts also came out today. It's great. It's 46 minutes long, but damn, it's it's a good 46 minutes. Uh, Masters of Evil is the full length of the Dinner Sherman project, and that comes out uh, on June 24th. Nice. And uh, more on the. If you guys are into some classic rock stuff. I mentioned this guy before. Uh, Jordan Landy has a new CD coming out, which I'm he's the living deal. Chomping at the know. bit to get. It comes out June 3rd. And it's called Hard Rock Radio. Norwe- it's him doing covers. Norwegian, isn't he? He is. He's from Norway. The Norwegian, the living Norwegian Dio. He is. He's a. He's, he's the a Viking monster. Dio. But the cool thing about you bringing Dechristianized today 
is that three days ago on the 11th, this is the 14th year anniversary of this record. 14 years ago this album came out. Really? Yeah. Insane. I did not know that. Corey was 12 years old. <laughs> it's a great album. This I saw came that out tour. It's, and that, the touring cycle for that was interesting because uh, Benton actually did the shows. Well, that's when it was recorded. I don't know when it was actually uh, released, but... They recorded it from April 29th to May 11th, 2002, so that's 14 years ago this album was recorded, which is pretty fucking crazy. So uh, shout out to Tony and and Dave, who, who did this record, because, I mean, Dave wrote all the fucking lyrics for this record. Right. Uh, Suzuki, so... Um, yeah, I wish... Awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm so excited about us going to see him. It's going to be like the death metal for, event for me. There's some other stuff going on this year, but Hate Eternal and Vital Remains. It's just a fucking and, ripping Yeah, it's, 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 it's going to uh, be good. We're very excited about it. we got some special surprises coming later for that show. Uh, yeah, just be on the lookout for the next episode following. Maybe two episodes from now, we'll see. Uh, we're working on we'll a special a, surprise for you guys we'll do a further, from that show. We'll do a further recap of, of our events from that. That'll be fun. We're working on it. To share with you guys. Uh, we think it's a done deal, but we just don't want to you know, start saying stuff and it doesn't happen. So, But we've got, got some pretty special stuff for that show uh, for the podcast set up, hopefully, uh, thanks to Mr. Gorkreis and his networking ability <laughs> and the kindness of some gentlemen of a gentleman that we shall remain nameless for this time, but we're excited about it. Hopefully yeah, it will come to fruition. It'll be a good tour for both of them. Uh, always nice to see Eric out. He's the fucking Scott Burns of modern death metal. He's a beast. Shit. I mean, the yeah, beast. Shout out to him and Mana Studios as well. Living legend. And, you know, him and his, his curly mop is, is the shit. And, you know, to say, people haven't listened to the last Hate Eternal record, it's fantastic. Uh, Infernus is definitely on fire. It's a great fucking album. It's one of my favorite titles that came out last year. It's so cool. I agree. That and that, that new Chrysium was really good, too. Oh, it's great. And those came out around the same time, if I'm not mistaken. It, they both came out in the same week, so you got those two fucking mammoth records out, and they were really good death metal records. They were great. I didn't know what to listen to. There's a lot of stuff last year. The yeah. New Malevolent. Yeah. New Malevolent Creation. Which you got me for Christmas. You guys haven't listened to that. It's fantastic. The doctor got me that for uh, Christmas. I loved it because he got me one that came with a, a patch, and I have my little my little death vest, and he he gave me a little a patch with it. it was cool. If you give gifts, do it right. Give somebody, you know, give them what they want, and <laughs> try to give them something. And you did. It was perfect. I haven't sewed it on there yet, but they're. Uh, the thing I do with my vests, and this is just my mantra, but I think everybody should follow it. Um, I don't just sew any patch on my vest. I, all the patches I have are from bands that I've seen live. So I don't. There's only two bands I haven't seen live that that on my vest, and that's Sodom and uh, Autopsy. But I plan on seeing them. So. Oh, you will. Uh, but every other, you know, I have over 40, 50 patches on that vest, and I've seen all the bands on it. Uh, I don't think I have one repeated band on there. Uh, they're all single patches from single bands. So, uh, yeah, so that Malevolent one, once I see them, that's my Malevolent badge of honor that will be put on there. And there's a space right for it. So I think they're I still just it. trying to work out the kinks on their tour. I know that they're, they're, that band's bigger in Europe. These guys make more money going overseas than they do Most in the States. Does. So, you know, it's understandable. It's Hopefully they'll get around to doing some shows. As soon as they do, we'll be plugging it on here. Shout out to Brett and to uh, Phil. To Phil. It's more fucking brutal goodness. We appreciate your your fucking 
ripping ass music. It's awesome. And I was listening to uh, Stillborn. God, that album fucking stands the test of time, man. I want to hear like an like honestly like a remaster of that. Like I really, you know, you know, I all their catalog for the majority of Malevolent Creation is out of print. Right. It's a shame. It is. You can get it on eBay. Um, but I would love a stillborn reissue, and even you know a lot of their other shit. Uh, you know the uh, fuck's that record called? Retribution. Retribution. Thank you. Uh, I would love a re- release of that one too. It'd be great for a remaster. Oh man, and there goes Crispin Glover. He just gets yeah, Crispin Glover is dead. He gets like what was a sewing machine in his. What was that? No, it was, it was a corkscrew. A corkscrew. He slammed on the corkscrew with his hand, and then Jason comes up. And he held him. Slams him in the head with the This machete. is my favorite scene in the film, everybody. Uh, the Doublement twin is about to get, and I mean, I would love to do this to a girl that fucked me over. <laughs> That's what I used to imagine watching this as a kid, because Jason is outside the window. She's looking outside the window. It's raining. It's pouring down rain, and here he comes, kids. You don't fuck with Jason, no, not on Friday the 13th. No floaties required. No. He just comes right in there. He doesn't give a fuck. Pouring down him. rain. Doublement Twins trying to see what's going on outside. She doesn't know where... And Jason's comes there. Comes through the window. And you're gone. Woo! Honey. Like part two, when it comes through the window at the end. But You're fucking shit. dead, honey. On top of the fucking station wagon. Beautiful scene. That's beautifully shot. It's the best part of the movie. And that actually sets up... It's a horror erection is what it is. <laughs> that actually sets up uh, scenes in future movies because Jason throwing women through windows becomes a thing. Right. And out windows. And uh, we get a good one in part seven with that chick. Uh, that guy you know, goes downstairs to get some milk and he fucking dies in the, right. in the kitchen. And then she shows her titties and he throws her out the fucking window because she gets high and you can't get high in a Jason movie so no. you get thrown out the you fucking window dead. or if you show your tits you're out too you know um so yeah that becomes a thing uh part six is a good window scene too the uh chick dies and Jason uses her corpse as an entrance and he throws her body into a a camp uh cabin full of Young campers. I remember like, uh, that. Yeah, it's great. He like throws her through the window and then he walks through the window. That's probably one of the most badass scenes I've ever seen. That's just like, what an entrance. Just but seems- a second ago we had we had Rob, uh, the Jason Hunter in this film. That's you know his, his sister was killed. Uh, doesn't ever say. I'm assuming in part three or part two uh, by him, and now he's up here hunting him, and he's found. Trish, which is Corey Feldman's sister, he's found her in the tent. He's like, what the hell are you doing here? And they get in an argument, and now we're back to uh, the house, the power's out, and Corey Feldman is doing something you couldn't pay me to do in this film, is walk around with a fucking flashlight in a basement of one of these cabins. Yeah, he just doesn't give a fuck. No, he's Tommy Jarvis. I guess he just doesn't care. <laughs> but I think it's cool that they set up, you know, uh, um, a lot of weed in this film. Oh, yeah. And there you see Crispin's bloody hand as he's... I mean, he's We've got some shower sex going on here. There's Shoot. a lot more boobs in this film as there was the other ones, too. I mean, they kicked this one up like five notches. Yeah, this one's definitely got some skin in it. Oh, this is one of my favorite deaths. I think it's this one. Yeah, this is one this I was talking about earlier. He, hand gets, he gets hurt. You no, know, that's that's the third film. That is the third film? Yeah. Okay. Gets cut in half. All right. Or chopped that, in half. That scene's fucking hilarious. Where he's doing a little handstand and... 
Oh, yeah, because that guy has his shirt on when he's doing handstand. He's clothed. I forget what happens to this guy. This guy dies, and the, they both die in the shower. It's an 80s rump he's humping. I always wonder how these actors, you'd have to jack off before you did these scenes, otherwise you'd be sporting wood. Yes, yeah, you got cock socks on. <laughs> you'd be, <laughs> how could you not sport, I mean, unless you're, you know, not into it, but, I mean, if the girl's a hag or something, or a cooter smelled or something, but <laughs> you probably, you know, but I mean, I always wondered that it's like, they must whack off before they do these scenes. Oh, no. Because I would have a raging heart on with some of these girls. It's like, or the sorry. actress just it's like sorry. The actress just blows <laughs> them before they do it. Sorry, the doctor has a heart on. Sorry, uh, <laughs> sorry do- about my boner. <laughs> the doctor, you're is nude. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> can the doctor go in? <laughs> this is a cool scene too. He's got the projector on, but he can't see, and he's high as balls. He's got a fucking teddy bear in his hand. I mean, this guy's just because remember it's place. Teddy. His name's Teddy. Yeah, Teddy. Teddy's a prick, too. Teddy deserves to die. And then and he, he gets did. stabbed in the back of the fucking head through the projector. Just awesome. Like, this this movie's very visceral as far as the, the some of the best death scenes in all the films. It's one of the reasons I thought this would be. It's yeah. good. It's very it's very fitting. I'm glad he brought this one. Which I, I haven't seen this movie in a long time. So this is probably the one I've watched... Not the least, probably the second to least. Well, what's weird is a friend of mine that I grew up with was a huge fan of this movie, and I was more of a fan of Part Three. Sure. At the time when I was younger, and you get a little bit older, and you know that, oh, you know this was like, I still watching this on like VHS and stuff. And this has become one of my favorites. Right. I just think the it flows good. It never really slows down. We're damn near through the movie. Yeah, and it's, the kills have just gotten better. Yeah, it just he's just on a, it's a smorgasbord of death. It's not like some of them, you know. There's just like a quick little eh, and they're dead. Right. But this one is like, damn. Every no, there's some there's some fucking death in this thing. They there's, they this movie is very well written. I mean, they they uh, stepped up the kills every scene, which is usually in the Jason films they're just kind of everywhere. But this one is is climaxing up to a you know probably the the best kill. But I mean. They just get better and better over time. Like that one, they just <coughs> the the Glover one was pretty nasty because he gets corkscrewed and then he gets like hit in the fucking forehead with a machete. It may be yeah. While he's already screaming in pain, and then under the chicken thing of the window still for me. No, that's so. awesome. That's great. She bounces off the fucking. This car. guy's death scene is this one I was talking about earlier. Ted White that's playing Jason actually hurts this guy. Mm. This guy actually physically gets hurt in this scene because Ted White apparently really hurts him. Mm. Well, hey, if you're in a horror movie, you got to expect some... Uh... But, I mean, you can think this guy's a stuntman. He's not going to, like, gently, hey, sweetheart, are you okay? And yeah. then be real sweet. And this is, if you if you watch this, I never really thought about it till I read that, the beginning of the podcast, but this actually, this kill scene, it looks painful. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe he uh, didn't get along with him too well and wanted a chance to rough him up. I mean, we don't really know the... How these guys are, personally, we don't know. But hey, it it made for a good good scene in the film, and it actually was good to know that it's real. Oh damn, yeah that that probably did fucking hurt. He slams the oh it's not done. Oh, slams the back of his head onto the uh, the fucking bathtub wall. He put him through the fucking wall, and then just like pushing his face in and. You can see it, like, breaking almost. It looks nasty. It's... This scene's just funny because this chick just had her cooter fertilized. <laughs> and she's just, she's just, like, 
I'm fresh and feminine. Mm. It's like you're carrying a dead dude spawn, probably, too. <laughs> She's like, I came to hear you sing. It's like, well... You're about to sing yeah. with Jason Voorhees. <laughs> about to sing happy birthday to you. Yeah, and that's pretty dirty, too. He's just... Dead bodies leaned over the the broken uh, sliding door of the shower. Now, the girl I was talking about earlier is running through the house with her fertilized cooter to get... I mean, there's only one way out, and she's not getting it. There you go. An axe through the chest. That was the... Oh, man. I mean, think about how he had to really throw that thing. That thing was thrown through that door crack. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. He, he made a hole in the door for himself just to throw the axe into her chest. <clears throat> I mean, she got sandblasted with an axe. <laughs> and it's not one of those uh, fireman's axes where it's got one side and the pick on the back. It's like you know, that's why these movies are so great. These are like the Star Wars of the fucking slasher genre, just because right. they're fucking, they're just fun and they're fucking brutal. I mean, I mean, how can you not like Jason Voorhees running around fucking hacking people up? It's fucking. But I love this. Here's Rob, and we're about to get the to me the best comedy bit in this film that's not supposed to be funny. We're gonna actually put the audio on this one that comes on. This it's way to wait till he gets in the basement. Yeah, first he's got to first he's got to rip the power out with his bare hands. Ted White's a great Jason, by he the is. way. Him with the, the fucking black fingernails and the it's almost it's fucking like gnarly, skin. man. He looks and Savini you know, did he did an outstanding job on the makeup in this film. He really did. Um, did an outstanding job meeting me when I thanked him. You know he's yeah. really good. He's really good at slamming Blu-ray cases down too. Yeah, a lot of people a, don't he's know He's a Blu-ray slammer effects artist, so it's pretty cool. Um, he'll sign it and then he'll slam it on the ground. I don't know if it was just. <laughs> I don't know if it was just because it was Night Riders and not anything else or whatever. I don't know. It's like, well, I'm not going to bring you from dusk till dawn. You know, sorry. I wanted to also mention. You know, Corey had told you all about going to the convention and. He's still dressed in that outfit waiting for you to take your picture with him. He's still in <laughs> He's still in North Carolina. He's like, we got one more. I don't know what happened. Maybe that's that fucking... He's still there. Maybe it's He's that... drunk. He just gets up every day and gets drunk and walks around the sex machine outfit until you get there. That's actually pretty cool if he did. But <laughs> he can wait all he wants. Okay, as soon as he goes in the cellar here is where we'll... Uh... We'll snap the audio on yeah. for you. But he's a, you've got our Jason Hunter, which I thought this was just a great idea that this guy is... is uh, Who does enter my fruit cellar? <laughs> Someone with a fresh toodle. <laughs> Someone with a fresh soul. Some evil dead, which we got to do that one day. I actually found... You uh, know, uh, I, as long as it's not the first one. Yeah. Two is my favorite, and then Army. Two I is awesome, Darkness, and, yeah, and both of the. But I don't know for some of that first. I tried watching that recently, and it and I own it, but it's just honestly, eh. it, it kind of annoys me because they're all just like, <laughs> and it's. I have to mute it in some scenes. You know what I mean? It's okay, kind of, here we go. Uh, Rob, the Jason Hunter, is now in the basement. We will now pleasure you with some high def Blu-ray audio. It's five point one Dolby Digital, but I don't have a sound bar. It's all for my computer. <laughs> my lap, my uh. Just crank it up. Actual monitor. My this TV. is so funny. It's from my TV. Um, Go as loud as you want because it's pretty funny. It's, it's real quick and then we're going to just have the audio on for a minute just so you guys can enjoy this because it's pretty damn hilarious. I think it's funny. 
Because to me, I I couldn't uh, take this seriously, even though Jason's hacking the bits. Because th- this guy is just fu- hilarious. This scene's funny to me. I don't know why. It's just it, it, and I love it because even as a kid, it didn't scare me. Like I thought it was funny. No. Like I would have laughed my balls off watching him fucking hack this guy up. He's trying to be a hard ass the whole time. Now that he's about to encounter Jason, he's fucking scared of shit. So. But I got the, uh, I got an Evil Dead Steel book that was actually a region free, but it was a, a UK release initially. But it wasn't a region B. And it looks really good. It's pretty cool uh, artwork. And Gordon the dog is now dead. Just like Michael Myers' kids, he will kill your pet. It doesn't happen careful. often. Usually it's a, uh, Unsung rule in horrors: you don't kill the children, and you don't kill the pets. But hey, not for not for Joseph Zito and John Carpenter. <laughs> Rules are also meant to be broken in the world of horror, so not everything yeah, follows I, cliches. To get on gears of that, obviously we do it several podcasts just to do that whole series. But John Carpenter got in a lot of shit with people about killing that dog. Really? Yeah. In the first, uh, no, all they gotta do it at the end is just be like, you know, no animals were harmed in the making of this. Which dog. it wasn't, and obviously right. he's not gonna do it, but it's pretty brutal because you just see, you even see the dog's like legs go limp, remember? Right, yeah. When he kills so. People just don't like to see that. It's like, well, don't watch horror movies if, you know, you're gonna be offended. <clears throat> Speaking of, Tuna's like, you wouldn't kill me, would you? It's like, of course not. You're brutal. You're a brutal doggy. <clears throat> what are you doing? It upset Art. It upset my dog that he saw that dog get thrown out the window. It really did. It. He's like up on he, the couch. He got up on the couch now. Oh. Normally he moves me it's up when right. I get here. It's all right. He's like, there's no doctor seat here. <clears throat> I'm the Jason Voorhees. You don't got to worry about anybody throwing you out the window. You would eat them. There is no doctor, only Zool. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we got a blood splatter. That's a nice one, too. <clears throat> She's about to find some... Uh, Oh, it's the... Yeah. He finished him off pretty good. Now he's nailed pretty much to the wall. Here we go. This is it. This is... This is it. This is what you want. But at least she's running around the house with a machete. This isn't even Jason. He's just the worst Jason hunter ever. Here it is. This is it. You get it. <laughs> Hurry. Here it comes. <laughs> He's killing me. He's killing me. It's great. He even looks over and looks at him get like like garden tools, and he's like, "He's killing me!" Yeah, he didn't even start he's killing. killing me. It's like not yet. He's about to, and he didn't. Now he's silenced. That's pretty funny. <laughs> he grabbed he grabbed like a fucking uh, like a garden hoe and started whacking him. Yeah. And he's like, "He's killing me!" Yeah, he just weed whacked him. I mean, he's hacked into fucking bits. Yeah. You know? And now... I mean, have some dignity when you die. Don't just scream he's killing you. And now she gets actually grabbed through the... Yeah. The, the irony about that part is is that uh, 
the supposed Jason Hunter actually falls through the. Uh, you There's know, a girl got thrown into the car. He gets, uh, you know, his his foot goes through the staircase. And Crispin Glover's man. Oh. He's supposed to survive. Hallelujah. Great kills in this movie. Oh. Uh, I have to say, though, if he props Jason was up killing up me, I'd be like, hurry. Yeah. Hurry, look, Jason, he's killing me. He's killing me. Um, but yeah, the, the Rob gets, you know, his foot goes through the staircase. And then, you know, he's basically the, the woman of the film tripping while he's trying to run away. And then he gets hacked up. And then the girl actually goes through the staircase, but Jason's the one that grabs her foot through the hole. So, you know, it's just ironic that uh, roles have been switched and that they really don't follow cliches at all in this film, and they do it on purpose. And they actually play with it and kind of parody everything. And that, that the Crispin Glover is just, that was pretty awesome. He's like in the doorway, crucified, so when they try to go out the door, there's, there's his fucking... Christified corpse is pretty awesome, and then of course we're we're near the end of the film where it's uh, Tommy die. Oh, you know, here we go. Stab, and there's another and entrance. Who is that? That's Rob. That's Rob. With he the, took Rob around the lake and then threw him through the fucking window. And all these, all and these. Rob looks like he has a hammer or an axe in his head, literally. And that's been everybody in this film. He puts like shit He's in their head. Fucking and raunchy, them. man. Those head the kills, kills in this are the head were kills not fucking are crazy. The kills in this. And then she's yeah, it was a hammer because she's hammering him in the head. But she ended up sticking it in a shoulder blade, and now you he's... could say Jason has a hammer smashed face. <laughs> that's very true. It might be the inspiration for that song. We don't know. <coughs> um. But yeah, he's just slamming through closed doors in this film with his whole body just... I mean, Ted White is a fucking badass. Corey and I were talking about this the other day. Chris Barnes is the Willy Wonka of death metal. He is. He is. He's elusive, but yet he wrote some of the nastiest lyrics on those classic records. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't like, uh, you know, entrails ripped from a virgin's cunt? And my favorite one, probably one of my favorite... Cannibal Corpse songs of all time, Addicted to Vaginal Skin. That's just fucking morbid. It's awesome. And it has that quote in the beginning. From, it is uh, I forget what the serial killer's name was, but uh, it's pretty awesome. And uh, I think their most morbid song they have is that song Necropedophile. Same record. You it's know, it's Tomb of the Mutilated because the end of it, it's, it's, it's audio of uh, kids laughing and playing in a playground oh it's raunchy yeah it's just like damn like he didn't give a fuck <laughs> and in the world of death metal and horror you were not supposed to give a fuck you're supposed to do what you want to do exactly and that's how it should always be but uh we're actually gonna to cut this one short it is 3.30 well this is we're we're basically at the scene where he uh, shaves his head to look like young Jason and Stabs Jason to death, supposedly. Uh, right now, he just got a. Ted White got a face full of television set. Which is always fun. People love getting a face full of television set. Yeah, that's what we're doing right now. It's just been a head fest in this film. It's just everyone's getting stabbed in the head, shit thrown at their face. Got He got hammered in the face. Let's see. Let so, me yeah. see how um, much. I'm going to try to figure out how much is left in this. I'm going to just look right now. It's. Um, I mean, this is pretty much the end. This is where they're about to do their thing. And we got about, yeah, 
About 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. Maybe we chapter search a little bit. Maybe get it a little. Just get it to the end. I mean, this is it right here besides the... Yeah, this is where Tommy shaves his head to look like Jason. The mask comes off. Gets him right in the fucking... This is perfect. You've got it right where... The right shirt. in the side of the head with the machete. And, oh, that's awesome effects work where he slides down into the machete. And then we'll do we'll do the famous audio from this because this, this carries over into the rest of the arc for the character in the next two films with Tommy Jarvis where he's... Uh, starts to go a little bit psycho on him because he, you know, kills all his family and friends besides his sister, so... Your internet has just shit the bed on me, too. It likes to do that. <clears throat> I mean, he didn't even shave all his head off all the way. He's... <laughs> and, of course, Jason, you can cut the whole top of his head off. He'll still be alive somehow, so... There's not much. This is just a couple minutes left. There we go. Machete time. He's like, die! He's killing me! He's killing me! Oh, and there's there's the doctor. He needs more surgery. Yep, it's right there. It's right there for all to enjoy. <laughs> and we'll uh, go a little bit more forward in time. Ugh. That's just how it ends. Um... I guess they credit the people from the previous films. They got Amy Steele in there, which was the protagonist in part two. She was in the beginning and the campfire. And they, Such a great movie. They though. showed all the previous movies, which is cool. It's like fucking X-Files or something. It is. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, any closing words for the Doctor? <coughs> well, all i got to say is uh, happy Friday the 13th. And I will have to agree. Thank you all for listening today. And uh, we hope you have a very happy, happy holiday. Remember, and, uh, wherever you are, too, uh, you see some people watching you. It's probably me. <laughs> the doctor is always watching, maybe making sure that you eat right. And Just uh, like in this movie, I'm probably watching somewhere from afar, so be careful. <laughs> and remember that if you, if today, if you smoke weed, drink alcohol... Uh, have premarital sex, then you're gonna die. Or if you say I'll be right, do not say I'll be right back today either. No, leave all that shit at the door. Just take a day off from doing your normal shit. Because if you're gonna, if you're a person that habitually smokes Mary Jane or or drinks alcohol or has premarital sex, any of that stuff, you know that today is not the day. It's Jason's birthday. You need to respect him. And uh, if not, he will find you, camp or or no camp. Or the doctor will. Or the doctor will. Though I've been Corey Gore Christ with me as always, Dr. Vincent West. Goodbye. The girl who survived that night at Camp Blood, that Friday the 13th, she claimed she saw.
disappeared two months later. Vanished. Blood was everywhere. No one knows what happened to her.